0: welcome to the human experience podcast it is a personal transformation podcast focusing on improving your life business and your relationships hosted by Eldin Hassa. a mindset coach relationship coach author of a self-help book titled are we all fucked which is a step-by-step guide to becoming a best version of yourself available on amazon worldwide and also on his website eldinhasser.com eldin is also a spiritual teacher public speaker workshop and seminar facilitator and a successful property investor and developer with passion for transforming lives globally for over 15 years we have over 2 million downloads of our podcast as a thank you get a free copy of eldin's book on his website eldinhasa.com also we are hosting a free peak mindset masterclass get your free ticket on his website formulaeq.com or find the link in this podcast hurry seats are limited share this podcast with your friends and family and help our mission to empower humanity please remind yourself every day how amazingly awesome you already are thank you and welcome your amazing host eldin hassa
1: don't use your background, don't use any of that as a reason not to achieve, because we've all had problems, we've all had difficulties, you know, growing up I was Italian, you know, I used to get called God knows what sort of names at school, (laughs) as an example. If you've got the passion, the drive, don't use any excuse, don't use education, don't use money, because I've proven I started with no money. I didn't have the highest education, I didn't go to university, but I've done it. What made
2: me different? Welcome everyone to the Human Experience Podcast. My guest today is Mario Carrozzo, He is an old friend. We've known each other for over 20 years. He is a CEO of Caridon Property Group. And Mario founded his property company in 2009, the beginning of the recession. And he had obviously previously knowledge in property and investments in developments. He had a previously large portfolio, but then the recession happened and he had to rethink the new business and new business ideas. And this new business, on Property Group, it's focusing on helping the community, helping the humanity, especially vulnerable and homeless. So welcome, Mario. Could you kindly introduce yourself to our audience, please?
1: Well, thank you, firstly, I'm Mario. Yeah, I'm the CEO of the Carradon Group. Thank you very much for inviting me today. It's a pleasure and an honor to be here. And especially because we've known each other for a long time, we see It's even nicer, great to see that you're doing very well as well. Um, Yeah, I mean, Carradine Group, essentially, uh, is a group of companies that sits around um, and focuses on social housing. There are many arms to the group. Um, We have a development arm, which acquires and develops properties across most of the Southeast, and and over the last, say, five years, we've developed a few thousand properties now that we, we own. We have and Property, which is our management arm, which is kind of the baby where it all started, which I'll tell you a little bit more about. Um, and that, that company is the management arm and has uh, agreements with most of the councils across London and <clears throat> contracts with most of the charities such as Crisis and all the organisations that refers tenants and vulnerable people. We have Carradine Foundation, which is a not-for-profit company, which was set up specifically to provide additional support for our tenants. Um, We have Carradine Landlord Solutions, which provides support and advice for universal credit, because obviously that's a big thing at the moment. Carradine Young, which is 24-hour support for kind of 16 to 20-year-old young young, um, adults. So there's quite a few companies, but all the same purpose, same goal, really to provide a solution in this housing crisis, um, try to ensure people sustain their tenancies, and get people back into society. Um, And I think we're quite unique because we are privately owned and I always say we do everything that a housing association does, but we don't have the badge, but we're a bit more flexible because we're private, we're more commercial, um, and we we don't really outsource um, anything. We have around hundred staff in the office and some two to 300 builders focusing mainly in and around M25 and London. And we've also got a nation So that's the kind of basics of the, of the, of the setup
2: of the group. That's very inspiring. And I know you have worked very, very hard to be where you are today. Could you tell us what inspired you uh, back in 2009 to start on this beautiful journey?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Having been through again, again, you know, this is probably the, this is with COVID Call it a kind of third recession. I've been through the first recession in the 90s where my interest rates went up quite a lot. I think I at 14, 15% and <clears throat> managed to kind of get through that. And then obviously 2008, that recession there was the one that kind of hit me quite badly where unfortunately I'd lost everything. Um, you know, we say that the funny story that um, I've still kept the letter in my drawer. and I keep it as a reminder, and it's a letter of bankruptcy because I couldn't afford my mortgage payment, which is only £400 a month, <clears throat> and then that's a true story. So I keep that letter as a reminder every day that, you know, to be where I am today, and I couldn't afford £400 a month. You'd never believe that, but that's a, a reality. Um, so that, that recession kind of, you know, the short version, it, it took me out, literally had to start from scratch. And what inspired me... I think in life sometimes, yeah, I'm a great believer of fate, always. And I can tell you hundreds of stories, um, which kind of brought me to where I am today. And sometimes a combination of fate, necessity, desperation. You know, when, you, you know, when you're hungry, when, I always say when the belly's empty, you need food, right? So you've got to go out there looking. And that's the only way to, to survive. You have to go out there and start looking for the, <laughs> for the food, so to speak. And had, I'd lost everything. The bank's stopped lending so I couldn't go to the banks and and, and say look you know can you help me out because the banks literally stopped lending and I was a property guy so if I couldn't develop what was I going to do on top of that I lost everything as well as I had huge debts bridging debts uh, which you're familiar with of 20 million pounds so you can imagine it weren't um, a nice position to be in and you know I had my family which were by my side to support me And, uh, you know, funny, funny story again, uh, my mum, you know, she banged on my door and said to me, can I help you? You know, I've got a couple of thousand pounds savings. Can I help you? And I couldn't have the heart say, mum, you know, I've got 20 million quid of debt. What's 2000 pounds going to do? But her intentions were good. I want to help you with a couple of thousand pounds, not knowing she couldn't really help me as such, but the intentions were good. And um, I think in that situation there, when you're in any sort of difficulties in life, it's all about your mindset and how you look at things. And if I looked at 20 million pounds, you know, in, in isolation, I might as well jump from the bridge, because the reality is it's, it's, it's a, too much. So I tried to break it down into pieces and say, okay, how am I going to deal with this in small pieces, not as 20 million as if I do this, if I do that, blah, blah. That together with my family support, which was number one, my wife who was there to say, look, you made this all, you can do it again. So that first gave me that initial um, support, and, you know, that only reiterates the importance of having good people around you. But the inspiration, I guess, was, was just a twist of fate, where, as I said, I couldn't develop. And I've told this story a few times, but for the benefit of those who don't know, <laughs> I was literally walking down the streets of Brixton in 2009, and there was a guy I knew called Jeff, who was an alcoholic. And the short version was uh, he lost everything. He lost his house, his family, due to alcohol. And became street homeless. So I've got talking to him, try to understand his story, and it kind of dawned on me, what could I do to help this person? And many people walk past the homeless people and think, Oh, why is that person there? But not many people can do things. So the first thing well, I thought, hang on a minute, I've got some properties, can I put him in one of my properties? And we got talking and he introduced me to someone who basically working together with this charity and this individual, I was able to uh, help this person into my own property and it was quite simple for me it was purely that homeless people generally have all have the same homeless or vulnerable people generally have the same issues they don't have a, a fixed address they don't have a reference deposit guarantor so you know if you're street homeless you can't bang onto a state agency and say look can i have a home because they're not going to let you in and a coupled with the stigma around people on low income and and, has a benefit of time. Um, So I, I became the guarantor for this person. I guaranteed a rent. I didn't take a deposit and I was able to house this person in my own property. And that was the inspiration for me because it was a life changing moment. And I always talk about the clouds opening up moments and I've had a few of those and it wasn't about housing that one person because it was, the margin was very small in doing this because it was, I knew it was always going to have to be high volume to try and create a business from this. But I never looked at the, the, the money. I never had looked at money. I always looked at what can I do to scale things. And you know, the bonus was for me, actually it's a business that I feel passionate about because you know, it's rare that you get a chance to in property to, you know, estate agents have got a bad name, you know, like bankers and what have you. And it's rare to do something actually in property where you get a reward, where you can see the outcome. You can see it in people's face. You can see in how their lives change. And basically, the inspiration was, well, hang on, if, I, if this person's in this situation, how many other people are in this situation? And that's what kind of opened up the floodgates, really. That's kind of what inspired me to, to grow the business. And then it's obviously then when your business, your business acumen comes in, how do you scale now? what do you do and then you learn the hard way. you make the mistakes the first you know a few months and what have you but the inspiration I guess was out of necessity that there was a necessity that vulnerable people then and still today homeless people had that issue that the the supply and demand imbalance and the necessity that I I was broke as well as I had to make a living and I couldn't develop so I kind of set up initially a management type business for cash flow because I didn't, didn't have that business and the I was, you know, pretty destitute. So put that all together, that's what kind of inspired me, if I have to be
2: frank. That's beautiful, that's very inspiring. And I want to reiterate a couple of things. So you hit the rock bottom in 2009, you're walking down, you can't afford to pay your 400 pound a month mortgage. You're thinking, where am I going to get this money from? Your family is there, the wife is supporting you, and you're walking down the streets of Brixton, London, United Kingdom, because the show goes all around the world for people who don't know where Brixton is. And you bump into a friend who had a decent life, lost everything. So in those moments of your own personal desperation, you put that aside and you looked at this human being and said, how can I help you? And this only comes from a goodness of your heart and soul. This doesn't come from your thinking, right? So you put aside your troubles, and everything that you are personally going through and your family to how can I help you? And then you've continued to have the same approach. How can I help not only one Jeff, but hundreds of thousands and create a positive impact to local community, to uh, humanity. And not only that you're helping housing people, you are also providing so many jobs because so many tradesmen, builders, uh, management agents everybody is basically benefiting from this goodness of your heart that you have contributed from this place and that's very inspiring
1: thank you i think when you're i say i've always been a, I would say, not a leader as such in, in whatever I've, I've done and i think the challenge is when you're always showing strength if you find it hard to show any weaknesses so even when i was in times of difficulties um financially i was still trying to help everybody and I always put myself last, which was wrong, to be honest with you. But that's the way I am. And the problem is when people around you know that you're successful and do well, they can't actually see if you're doing badly and they all want to lean on you. And that's the reality of life. And you know, I remember at the time that I was, even when I was in difficulties, I was always thinking about how am I going to help this person? That, People were calling me, but no one actually said to me, do you need any help, apart from my, my closest, right? And that's probably been instilled in me in, in my background too, from, I've always, I, you know, I've always kind of been an underdog where, you know, I left school with just whatever it was, 10 11 GCSEs. My school report said, you know, we weren't gonna achieve too much. And a um, kind of, in the areas I grew up, I was in an area where there was a lot of negativity, where you never thought you were gonna come out of that situation, there wasn't much opportunity. And, you know, unfortunately it was not a great area. So when you're an underdog, you you always you feel that way right so you I like to help people that I believe are underdogs so I've had I've taken on people in my business staff uh you know ex-offenders there I've got them in, doing maintenance vulnerable people that work for me um that they just need a second chance and not everyone will do that and, and I think because I believe everyone deserves a second chance and I think what when people look at vulnerable people or you know people that I've had a past you know people make mistakes it's about if you're willing to give them a second chance and my experience of people that are vulnerable that have past is that there's two types of people there's one that will continue unfortunately to go down that path and maybe never change their life but there's the other type that made a mistake and want to learn and the advantage of that person is that they've got a lot of business acumen because they may be hustlers in their own way, call it for a better word. They, they've hustled their way through life, made a few mistakes, but if they could channel that energy in a positive way and they've got someone that believes in them, you can make miracles. And I've done that, proven that with a number of people. And that's where I get inspired because it's easy to go and help someone that comes out of university. You know, I get I get people's CVs coming through university all day long and I don't ever look at the CV I'll be honest with you I want to understand the person I want to look into their eyes and understand what else have you got apart from what's on the paper and the opposite is people that haven't got any background there but they've got something that fire in the belly I always call it and they just need that person that can believe in them and give them that confidence and I've done that proven that people can change their lives and that's from my staff as well as the actual people that I've helped that were street homeless and that I've got many, many stories. And if you look at the website, you'll see some case studies of people uh, that we've helped from, you know, that were in destitution. You have, you know, some sad stories from people that try to take their own lives. Um, is an example who now there are tenant ambassadors that one individual who's a case study again on on the website Mm -hmm. he's become our tenant ambassador he unfortunately tried to take his own life went through difficulties Um, we got him to our accommodation and through running he started to get himself back into to life so to speak and he in the last few years had run seven marathons as an example um, and he became the ambassador for our tenants now has got a running club for our tenants but I can tell you many stories that I've seen with my own eyes um, that have kind of touched me in terms of personally to inspired me to continue what I do so that's you know although that that initial point of housing that person um, from the street where we started I never knew how big the business was going to go or how many people we were going to help and you know it's, it's been amazing for me and that's the reason why I feel proud of what I do. I sleep well at night because I know that we're doing a good thing. It's a huge challenge because there's a lot of stigma around what we do and what have you. But I know because I see it in the people's faces, and that's, that's kind of proof that we're doing a good job, I guess.
2: Yeah, and that's a reward for you in a way as well, that you are making a positive impact, making a difference, and you say, you see on people's faces and you see, obviously, the tenant which tried to take his own life and then he ran marathons and now he runs i believe the running club in one of your yeah. uh, your tenant ambassador and you know you see how he has changed his life and you know you actually had this belief that the humanity in in its core it's good it's pure love right it's just there is somebody who needs to give him this this opportunity the chance to so they can thrive because maybe perhaps they, they went through most of their life surviving because everyone was sort of judging them and stigmatising them. But then all, all it took one person to give them an opportunity, which you did, and it's amazing what you are doing. And yeah. obviously, you know, these are your values and your beliefs that you come from, from that family, from that environment.
1: I think being able to, to relate is very important. And, you know, because of, again, the background, you know, I'm... I'm I'm involved in quite a few different things, you know. I'm, I'm a sponsor to a school uh, called Onside, which is for vulnerable kids, um, and it's a community centre um, which they've got in different areas. Um, it's really good if you have a chance to look. It's called Onside in Croydon, and it's like the old, you know, the community centres up to that gone. So they've created this concept basically where it was kind of take people off the, the youngsters off the streets and get them into different activities from, you know, anything to do with education to, you know, learning how to become a DJ through sports and all those things there, which are they're missing. And it's it's kind of proven to take, to prevent and, and reduce antisocial behaviour. Um, so I'm involved in that as an example. And I've, you know, I've talked to a lot of the kids there as well. And, um, what I try to do when I talk to the kids, because I can relate to them, you know, generally when I go anywhere, if I'm, you know, dressed smartly, most people straight away judge you because you're a smart looking guy, you know, how can we relate to this guy? And I get the first entrance through the door when I get through the door, it's usually they're all on the phones, no one was paying any attention until I start to say who I am, I'm originally from South London, blah, 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 and all of a sudden you start to get the attention. So you know, it's all good trying to preach or talk to people, but you need to be able to relate, that's my point. And what I always try and say to the guys, you know, that I can relate because I've come from these areas. I, had, I, was, I was unfortunately mixed in the wrong areas and I could have gone down the bad road as well in life, but you keep focused, you keep straight and you can come away from that. But don't use excuses because all of us as people can use an excuse for things that have gone wrong, for why we haven't achieved what we wanted to achieve. All of us, and I can tell you that. But I never use an excuse. I take the full responsibility. So I'll always say, don't use the colour of your skin. Don't use your background. Don't use any of that as a reason not to achieve. Because we've all had problems we've all had difficulties you know growing up i was italian you know i used to get called god knows what sort of names at school as an example and i lived in an area you know in south london where it was challenging you know a lot of black and ethnic minorities there so you couldn't see that you could come out of that circle and i used to say to my friends listen you can do it and i'm living proof that you can do i'll come out of this area so you know it's you all mindset and that's the point I try and do, say to people, if you've got the passion, the drive, don't use any excuse. Don't use education, don't use money, because I've proven I started with no money. I didn't have the highest education, I didn't go to university, but I've done it. What made me different? It's the fire, it's the strength, it's the passion, it's the belief. And actually knowing where you're strong, knowing where you're weak. Very, very mm. important. And um, what puts me in a, in a position to be able to relate to anybody um, and I, I, that's how I do. I treat everybody the same. And I'll always say that, that the people that know me will know that I would treat the cleaner the same as I would my FD. No difference. I don't care who you are. You don't make no difference. I don't look. And I genuinely have always been like that. And I try and teach that to my kids. And I want to accept that. I think that's, you know, when you say CEO, CEO, for me, my role is to ensure that that ethos is across the the company it's very very important and i won't accept it i won't accept you know because we've got quite a big business and you've got to be quite corporate of course but i, I don't want that other side of the corporate business where you know you know you've got to act a certain way or behave a certain way or look at people and say that's not what i'm about we have got that family feel in the business which kind of works for you and sometimes works against you of course mm-hmm. but this all comes together in you know starting from the top you know, leading by example, making sure you, you everyone that comes to work for you has that same ethos. And they treat the staff and the tenants equally, wherever their background is. Because you never know in life your situation. I always say, you know, the lights can switch off very quickly in life. And we could
2: be that person that ends up on the streets very easily. That's beautiful. I really, really like that. And as you say, relatable. If you can relate to people, you are able to communicate from that place. And I think I can see there is a lot of patterns in your journey, in your life, that you have always looked to inspire others to say, look, these are the steps, these are actionable steps you take. This is the mindset, this is the belief system, this is the process, but do not quit, do not give up. You might be going through a challenging situation right now, but there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Let me give you a helping hand. So I I really like this. And I know that, you know, for our audience to take something home, uh, what are the actionable steps, some positive daily habits and rituals that you have found that had worked for you over the years, for your mindset, for your belief system, for what kind of things would you recommend to people to try at home?
1: For me, I think what's important as well is you look at everything in in perspective in life right so when I went through the difficulties and like I said I was in a lot of financial difficult situation financially um why before I went to, to sleep at night I said to myself what is the worst that can happen it's only money right it's only money my health is good my family love me one cares about me so we start with nothing we go with nothing in life so one important thing is to not get too hooked up on, on, on money in terms of, you know, if you lose it, you can make it again. And there is a fine line between success and failure. And there, you know, so many people are so close to success, but they give up too soon. <laughs> they give up too soon. And it's such a fine line because, you know, you just don't know sometimes how much you have to go to get to to that. In terms of rituals, I think I, I always say that, and my wife thinks I'm mad but it's true, I always get up in the morning like um, I've got no money, mentally. Every day I get up and I, and I, I pour kind of fear into my own head to say, oh, I've got no money, I'm skimmed. Um, I could lose everything tomorrow. And that may be a bit because of having lost, but my wife says, "Barry, well, we're okay. We've got everything, we don't, you know, we don't need it. But it's not about that. I have to tell myself I'm not okay. I have to tell myself that things could go bad. And not to be negative about it, but it's to give me that drive. And I've always done things not for money. It's always about to see the growth, to see the ambition. So it's like if I can turn one to ten, if I can build one property, I can do ten. If I can house one person, I can do a thousand. And wherever's not possible, can I make it possible? Everything I've ever done in my life is all about scale. And you know, because I've not really followed any rules as such, where I didn't, you know, follow the traditional route to education, all the rest of it. I just kind of work my work things my own way. Made mistakes, learn. Made mistakes, learn. Right. So in a way, that's good because I think anything's possible within reason, right? And I think it's very, very important on a daily basis that you 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 know you balance things out. So you need to balance out your time. So I try to from the basic thing try and plan my day when I go home at night time. I try to think about what I'm doing the next day. Quick, quick plan. So I've got some sort of plan what I'm Going to be doing the next day. I make sure that I I keep a routine, so I know that my family time. I have breakfast every day. With my kids um, at lockdown now. Obviously, I have lunch with them. Dinner always. I miss out that. I train, um, and you know, people may think I'm mad, mad. I've been in meetings, and I know I've got a session at 4:30, as an example. This is obviously prior to lockdown. And um, I'll be in a meeting and I'll say, sorry, I've got to go now. I've got a another meeting. Why? Because I know the training for me is just as important. you you know, the, the body and the mind kind of strength is so connected. So for me personally, it's about an outlet. And my day-to-day rituals, I'll say, are that balance of ensuring that you have quality time with your family, ensure that you have time for yourself. So it may not be just, You know, for some it's training, some it may be reading a book, it may be meditation, I don't know. But keep that routine because we can all use excuses to say, I've got no time for it. I've got no time to do this. I've got to, it's rubbish. You make time, you find time. Get up earlier, right? But the benefits of that for you mentally, from my experience, if I hadn't trained, I would be dead by now because the stress that I've absorbed over my years, I've been able to manage those because I've kept that balance. So I'll say part of it is planning, of course. Um, knowing how to focus in and out of the day. So you obviously know that if, if, you know, if you've got X amount of hours in the day, you want to focus a percentage of those hours, only a small percentage, on, I call it, the stressful stuff. So it's like, you know, you've got debt. If you spend all day focusing on, what am I going to do? How am I going to pay this debt? Never going to pay it. All you're going to do is go around in and out on the stresses. If you're in business, whatever your business is, if you focus all day long on all the stresses and things that are going wrong, you're not going to fix them. So you've got to plan your day in a way where you spend a percentage of that day focusing on headaches, but the majority on the positive stuff. The majority of, how are you are going to get out of it? Oh, there's opportunities here, there's this here, there's that. And that's how you manage to keep the balance because otherwise it's a downward spiral. You focus every day on the negative stuff. So I would say it's just a combination of priorities, and understanding the balance, you know, it's not point, you know, it's working smarter than harder. People think they can work all the hours in the day. It's rubbish. You don't need to work. You've got to work smarter. Yeah. And of course in some businesses initially you need to put in more hours to begin with, like, like you would in, in many businesses, but there's got to be a point where you realize that hang on a minute. Now I can step away and be on the business rather than in the business. And there's a big difference. If you're looking, if you're in the business, day in day out you don't know what's going on outside and you need to see that you need to and depends on what your goals are right if your goals are that you want to be that worker and you want to be day-to-day you know grinding grinding. yeah then you end up being like that depends on what you want and uh, you know i'll I'll give you a very funny example i always give i used to be in a restaurant trade as you know and um i always give the example of my dad old school mentality You have to stay by the till, you know, because they're going to take money from you. Do you not buy the till? That was my dad's mentality. And I use that example with my dad on anything in business. And I'll tell you why. In catering, unfortunately, reality is, you know, you have to allow a percentage for pilferage. People are going to take. It's reality. Like most businesses. So you've got a choice. You can say, I'm going to stay behind that till every day of my life because no one's going to take a penny. But I guarantee you, you're going to be stuck by that till for the rest of your life or you can accept there's going to be potentially some losses and manage those losses and then have multiple restaurants with multiple people working on those tills. And there may be a basic example, but the principles are the same. It's about control, allowing that you can't control everything. You have to believe in having the right people and empowering those people in business. So, I mean, I've got my own personal rituals that work for me. Uh, I haven't followed any books you know I, I don't really do these type of interviews much as you know there's probably two or three that I've done and I've read any of these books people say to me read have you read this book have you read that book no I haven't I only always say the only book I've read is my own book my book of life I always say that jokingly so it, I suppose it's that I can only give you my experiences how I deal with things um, I Um always try and keep positive and try and look at things from a from both perspectives when I, a day-to-day business but it all starts from I suppose from the basics of getting up in the morning with the right mindset and having that hunger in the belly and just keeping positive people around you too, because you're always going to have a mixture of people around you in business. And, you know, it is difficult because again, that the, having negative people, you need a percentage of people call it negative or cautious because they keep you awake. You know, that fear, oh, be careful, but that can be a negativity. But you need those people to remind you that things can go wrong. But you want to put that into a little box in your head and say, okay, absorb a little bit of it, but, you know, put that to the side because I don't want to spend 80% of my day focusing on this negativity. So the same principles focusing with people in the business that want to grow and you want to um, inspire and, uh, and kind of mentor those people there, not just working all day with the negative. So it's about how you work as well, practically with people and having time for people in in business. That's
2: what I focus on, I I guess. That's really, really good. I really like all your habits and rituals. And I must tell you, there is actually a scientific evidence about many things that you have mentioned, and you have learned this in your own life through trial and error. But I'm going to reiterate for the audience. So make sure before you sleep to plan your day for the next day. Then when you wake up, do some sort of ritual to keep the, the passion, the fire in your belly going. And then also spend a small percentage of your day doing the things that you must do, but you don't necessarily like. Like doing your taxes, focusing on how I'm going to repay the debt, whatever. Nobody likes to do those things, right? But it, it's got to be done. You can't avoid it forever and do not spend 90% or 80% of your time on those things. That's amazing. And then obviously, you know, definitely some sort of exercise, move your body, whatever that is, whether it's yoga, gym, running, swimming, cycling, whatever it is, that's very important. I agree with you 100%. And if you are into meditation, deep breathing, reading books, watching inspiring videos and and uh, audios, whatever it is do that as well. And as you said, have time for yourself, have time for yourself. So you can be the best version of yourself. So you can contribute in your life in business, in friendship, in family and have that family time. It's so important. A lot of people look, you are very successful. I mean, like you are inspiration to billions around the world, what you have gone through, and how you have come on top. But I must reiterate this to anybody who's listening, that you have never once forgotten about people who love you, who care about you, and you have always used this as a foundation to contribute from this positive place. Because very often people are like, oh, I don't have time. I'm running a business. I'm working 16 hours a day. But, you know, you can't do that. You cannot, you know, neglect something which is priority in your life in order for you to have money in the bank. You can actually do both because you are the proof that it's possible. Not only have little bit money in a bank, you have loads of money in a bank and you have an amazing relationship with your wife, with your children, with your friends, with your family, with your employees, with your management team, with everybody. I've been in the office many times and I'm thinking which manual and the book has this guy used to run his operation so amazingly. But as you said, book of life, you should actually write that book and publish it. It's going to be a bestseller.
1: I don't know about that, but it'd be great. It'd be great.
2: Um, you know, I mean, look, I like, I
1: appreciate your kind words, firstly. And I think it's very important to understand that, I've all, as I said in the beginning, I can take credit for a lot of things, but ultimately it's about the people around me and Yeah, I always have got the ideas and vision and hopefully people look up to me, to what I do and I lead by example. But it boils down to having people around you, good people. And I always say that if you haven't called followers, people around you that believe in you, none of this would be possible, right? And I think that's very, very important to understand. A lot of people don't get it in business. So I always say to people, that's probably the the number one rule is team, good people, all about that. You've got the wrong people. doesn't matter how good you are, your business is going to fail. You've got to have the, the right people. And I think most people understand that
2: in business. But, there, is um, an, there is an old expression we all heard many times, self-made person a self-made man. Nobody is self-made, as you said. It's all about the team. It's all about the people around you, the right people who are supporting your vision, and you are all working as a team for the greater cause, for the greater goal.
1: And I think also understanding what success means to you. And that's the problem, right? And then a lot of people don't get that because I've, you know, like yourself, you meet all sorts of people every day and billionaires, millionaires and people, all sorts of people. And their idea of success does differ depending on your culture, your background, your beliefs. And what I've generally found in my experience that the more wealthier people are, the worse they are as people. That's what I've experienced, unfortunately, And uh, you know, and I find it hard to connect with people that are wealthy, um, unless they've gone through these experiences and you find it's difficult to connect because their ambition is just money orientated. And when I'm, you know, when I'm having conversations with them, the conversation will go to a certain point where they would be talking about all the material things. Ah, what you got? what car, what watch, money, all this rubbish here, which is just part of conversation. But when you start to hit the heart of the conversation by saying your family is the blank. And I've killed many a conversations, believe you me, and there's been awkward moments in my time where I've been in big meetings where, you know, a lot of testosterone going about, you know, in the male environment, say, for example, where it's, oh, yeah, I've got this, I've achieved that, and all the rest of it and everyone's happy-go-lucky to all the point when I say, yeah, you know what, I've been with my wife 26 years, and I swear to God, she's, she's, you know, she's my rock, she's my, oh, my sign. If it wasn't for her, I definitely wouldn't be got being able to get through all this. The conversation dies, because the reality is, the majority of the people that I speak, they're not in that position. They have probably split up, or they have put money first, and lost all the other side. They don't know their children, because... They, they've used money as a reason for success. What I mean by that is it's very easy as, as human beings to say, I've got to do this for my family because we do do this for our family ultimately. But at what point is enough? That's the point, right? So I always believe, I, my parents didn't give me anything financially or apart from the business acumen, which is like I always say more important. <laughs> financially didn't give me anything. So I always say to myself, hang on a bit. If I can help my kids with just one thing, it's more than what I had, right? So the problem is that we, what we do is, we say we're doing it for our family. So you say, I'm gonna buy one property it's for my family because they, they give them a better start. But once you get to two or three, who is it for? Is it for your family is it for your own ego? That's the problem. And successful people that start to make big money, what happens is they convince themselves it's for their family. And they say, I'm going to work. So when the, when the you know, daughter comes up to you, son comes up to you and says, oh, you're coming to my play tonight. I've got to work. Oh, why aren't you coming? I'm doing this for the family. Your wife says, can you come out with me tomorrow? No, I'm working. I'm doing this for the family. You convince yourself and your family that you're doing it for them. But what you don't realize is that actually they don't want that. They want your time. Your family needs your time. Remember that. And you use that as an excuse to have that fulfillment in your head to say, you know what? I'm doing this for my family, but it's rubbish. It's not for your own bloody ego that you're doing it for. Right. And what's happening is along that journey, you've made money, but you've become a lonely person. You've lost your kids, you've lost your family and you detach yourself from reality. You've become paranoid because everyone around you think maybe they're after you for your money. Um, you know, you've got no connection with your kids. So, you're, you know, the, the, your kids will say, who's my dad? Oh, my dad was the guy that I used to see once a month, pop in and out. And I learned that a long time ago, thank God, when I was a lot younger to change paths, that business came third for me, fourth down the line, family, food, health, their business. And people think I'm mad, but I don't. I'll stick to that in my head. And if I'm going to do well, I'm going to do well, but I'm not going to do it as an expense or the risk of losing any of those above.
2: That's impressive. That's really, really good. And you know, I talk about similar topics to people because when I do my coaching, my group coaching, my seminars, I talk about same topic and you know, the society has programmed us to globally to focus on achievement and very little on fulfillment because you mentioned fulfillment right and you hit the nail on the head when one doesn't focus fulfillment is the foundation of everything so you as an individual as a human being you need to feel fulfilled that you are healthy first your health you know you feel self love self confidence self worth you love everybody who is important to you in your life and you have these amazing relationships which you clearly do and then from this foundation you can create so you can have both actually you can achieve great success money in the bank you can have a billionaire status and private jets and yachts and everything but then you have this fulfillment because you are the living proof from nothing to where you have come and not just about your financial success and everything but who you have become as a human being. And there is a saying that if you give a person with the wrong mindset, with like a poor mentality mindset, if you give them a, a lottery win of 10 million, 20 million, within a short space of time, they're going to lose all that money. But if you, a person like yourself, with your mindset, with your belief system, with your uh, skill set, God forbid all the money is taken away from you, give you one or two years, you're going to get it all back, maybe even more. Because what you have cannot be taken away. So, that foundation you have worked, and this is why your house is built so strongly on top of the foundation. Doesn't matter, as you said, three recessions, you're still here, standing strong and proud. But at the same time, you are flexible, you are like a palm tree. When the wind blows, it touches the beach, it touches the ground. But then when the storm passes, it's standing strong and proud. And that's very inspiring. Mm-hmm. So it's really, really good what I like to hear that, you know, you are doing so much positive in the community, for the humanity, for the family, for the environment, for everything. Because I know you have so many other big projects on the go with the government, with London, Mayor of London and other things to Scale the business, but not necessarily just to scale the business, but to help the homeless people. And you are an advocate to, you know, re- remove the stigma and to say, look, these are human beings. They need our help. And you are that vehicle which you have avenues and ways that you can help them. So I think you have made it your life's mission to help as many people as, or actually to teach them so they can help themselves.
1: We're trying to make a difference, I guess. I mean, it's in a strange sort of way, you know, what's strange today with COVID that it took this pandemic to happen to kind of eradicate homelessness, and which is crazy, right? Because, you, you know, you walk the streets of London, you want to see the homeless people because where are they? They're in hotels. So if why did it take a pandemic to... eradicate um, homelessness. It's crazy, right? That means if you put your mind to it in life, you can change things. The unfortunate side is that where are these people going to go once they're out of hotels? Back on the streets. So, you know, we've learned as a business over the years, especially in regards to homeless people, that you can't just provide a homeless person a home because if you just give them a home, they'll probably end up back on the streets. You need to hold their hand. You need to take them through... That kind of the stages that helped them sustain the accommodation, and I think our ambition, I guess, at the moment is to continue to do what we're doing in trying to make this dent in reducing both homelessness and uh, you know the housing crisis because they're not obviously building in a, in enough units across the country. It's only going to get worse, unfortunately, because you know we're still going to see the repercussions of COVID in, in the coming months. Um, but I think we're in a very very strong position because our team is i've got the right core values same ambition we're all on the same page Uh, and um, i'm really proud to be doing what we're doing Uh, and um, you know i'm really looking forward to whatever the future holds for us i guess and i'm always um, looking at new opportunities i guess but as long as they are driven by what i feel passionate about and i can see genuine outcomes
2: that's amazing that's really really inspiring now for our audience can you tell us where they can find you on the internet is there a website they can go to social media Carradine group if you
1: put in Carradine group you'll see that's our main group and there it will bring you straight to all our of our associated companies and I mentioned earlier we're based in Croydon uh, however we've got offices in Kent in um, Essex in Crawley, uh, Bristol and we're going to Nottingham as well so so we're kind of scattered all over uh, and then we've got offices also in many of the London areas like Brent and and Lambeth and other areas
2: as well. so we've got quite a few offices but main head office I I would say is Crawley. And is that caridongroup.com? or mm-hmm. .co.uk it's fine we'll, we'll, put yeah. we'll put a link we'll put the link in the podcast yeah that's fine and so cool. are you are you um is the company on social media as well yeah, so we're, on, we're, on, we're on twitter on, everywhere. Twitter, on um, facebook and what have you is it under carried property or carried on group carried in
1: group um, but i think each each company has their own identity as well i see so uh, the, the well, best way to, to, to
2: find you is your website and then there are links to your social media yeah, yeah and yeah. if they want to get in touch um you have your press office and you have your management team and everybody yeah right, well that's yeah. amazing well thank you so much mario there was a very inspiring conversation and I'm sure our audience will love it. For somebody who has only done a couple of days, I mean, you should have your own TV show to inspire billions yeah. across <laughs> the planet. Thank you so much, Mario. No problem. Thank you very I'm much.